All right, guys, we're doing a special Saturday night episode of Ran Out of Tail and Out of the Holiday Inn right now. With me on the mics are Kendall Welch. Say hi. How's it going? And Eric Swanson, fresh back from China. What up? Oh, jeez, hit my levels. And then in Is the that, ba- did I speak too loud? Yeah, uh, they're all right though. I'll try to contain myself. Yeah, it's I got to figure out which mic is yours, two or three. Anyways. And then in the background, we're supposed to have four mics, but my new one, I need a special cable for that I don't have. But in the background, we got Senior, Brad Sadvig, and Anthony Swift. Peanut gallery. Yeah. What's funny is all of our mics aren't picking each other up, but Kendall's mic picks up them pretty good. It's almost as if we're recording a podcast with equipment that was set up in a hotel room. That cost $25 a mic, <laughs> and one of them doesn't work. <laughs> Thank you, Amazon. Yep. All right. So I wanted to do this episode with Eric, and Kendall came along. Kendall's always good for conversation. So, Eric, you just went to China with Scotty Ernst to do his <laughs> Nitro on-road stuff? Yeah, the Asian Nitro Championship. How did that go? It sounds kind of hellish. Um, well, this particular event was kind of almost rained out, so that sucked, but, uh, I don't know, it was a kind of, f- kind of a fun series. Uh, I got to watch some 1A scale nitro cars rip around a huge track, which is always fun. Yeah. Uh, I know the Zayer family is particularly fond of the 1-8 nitro on-road cars. You guys have done a lot of it in the past, but oh, yeah. overall, I think that class is kind of, doesn't get the publicity it deserves. But is by far, in a way, in my opinion, the coolest RC class that exists. Oh, for sure it is. It's the original RC class that exists. That's what they started running at the Heart of America in 1971. There you go. It's a shame that it's not more popular. But Yeah, uh, one thing is the the front end cost scares people away. Because instead of a $400 motor, the motor is going to cost you 900 bucks. Um, the car is more expensive. At the end of the day, though, to actually run the car, it's cheaper. Tires are 35 bucks a set. That $900 motor is going to last you a few seasons instead of just one like a dirt car. But it's all whatever. So you got to have a place to run it, too, though, and that's the problem around here, I think. Is I mean, over in Asia, like we were in Hong Kong, and we were at one of the tracks they had there to run these things. Oh, and I think they yeah. had, like, multiple tracks that were equipped to run these A-scale on-road cars, like with full-on permanent curbing and, oh, that's awesome. and all that stuff. So can I put in my two you can cents? only – what's that? Can I put in my two cents? Absolutely. Uh, come, Brad, Brad come, Sandvig Brad here. Brad Sandvig, come closer to a microphone. Oh, I'm coming closer. We, here we go. Come here, brother. We're about, oh, I'm just saying, we're about no, to hear. We were down at the Huddy race. Drew Ellis was speaking of 1-8 nitros, and he was saying it's uh, kind of become expensive because most of those guys have backup chassis. Like, if they can't sustain a wreck now with the power that they're producing. Is that true? It's the know. power they're putting down now. So up until 2011... They never used. We never used to sauce tires. We used what was on the track: VHT, sugar, water, whatever. Then some nobody that didn't belong at the worlds. It's like we put sauce on this. Boom, TQ. Everybody sauce now. That's a deal. Yeah, I, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens at those A scale on road races too. Because so. I like. 
hearing Neato Matsukura's engine in comparison to everyone else's, like, it does not sound the same. Or like Lamberto Calari, his engine sure. doesn't sound like everyone else's. There's, there's, there's different tricky, things going tricky on. stuff. Especially when the Italians are involved. Then involved. For then sure. it's, uh, you know. Oh, for sure it is. All bets are off. So what were you doing there? You were doing the video for his series? Uh, yeah, you know, they're... Uh, the, the series is sponsored by Infinity, which, as many people have seen, has kind of exploded on this, onto the scene lately. They do um, a little of everything, don't they? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of money behind that company. A uh, gentleman from Japan, I believe, uh, you know, is kind of the, the man behind the operation, and it's kind of a... A fun situation for him. It's not his main game. Oh, that's awesome! You know, so he just throws kind of, money it at it. Kind of follows the right same off. the same you know logic as an RC track. The best way to make a million dollars in RC is to start with two million dollars. So yes, it's kind of a more of a tax write off thing, I believe. So there's you know money to be spent, and he's invested it back into putting on events and series and and starting his company and and this series is kind of uh, one of the components of that. So uh, you know the the Eastern, the Eastern uh, Asian area over there it doesn't really have anything like this. So uh, they all kind of got together and put it on. And I went over there to do, uh, you know, the video production, highlight videos and things like that to kind of help promote the series and get it out there a little bit more. Right on. <laughs> That's fine. The mics pick that up. So how long were you gone for about a week? Oh yeah, a week. Yeah. How week long? So. How long? How long did the travel? Half half of which was spent in an airplane. I was gonna say, that must have been brutal. Yeah. Well. Do they do anything like different over there than what we do, or is it basically the same deal in a different language? Um. So I, I actually we were at this main circuit that that this race was at, and it's not unprecedented to have large steel storage containers set up around and outside of a track uh, and used as pit space, okay. uh, especially in Asia. It seems to be pretty yeah. popular. So, they, I mean, they were they were stacked on top of each other all around the circuit, and that's where, that's where people pitted inside these storage containers that were, like, air-conditioned and had power and things like that. And then, actually, because the, the race got kind of rained out, the day after, which would have been main day, we went uh, – uh, Felix Law took us around. He's a Hong Kong local guy. He yes. took us around to another track, which was a in a scale off road track that had a, a permanent roof built over the top of it that cost like eight hundred thousand dollars. That's how and much. Oh, just for the roof, and they had the storage containers all the way around the circuit there too. So, so things over there are like yes. at another a whole different magnitude of seriousness. Like so, we might have tracks here that are in someone's backyard, and they're oh, really nice sure. and awesome. But over there, there's there's it's they're financed by people that need to waste money on something in order to get into a better tax it's, bracket. It's almost like the Huddy Arena and X Ray. It's um funded by the government except for in asia it's just funded by super rich guys you know there's a movie recently called crazy rich asians i yes. think that they were in charge of these tracks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's awesome but it's cool for the local guys though because i mean there's a wide range of income levels over there so you see a lot of really rich people and a lot of very poor people well, and you go to the track there's still a lot of regular dudes just out there getting to enjoy these tracks so 
in that regard, it's kind of cool. I wish we had some crazy rich Asians in Minnesota that could build some amazing places that mm. we could go take advantage of. Oh, for sure. So have, have you seen the video deal? Have either of you seen the video deal that Bob Stormer is doing lately? No. He goes and he buys any homemade car. I think he got it somewhere from the former USSR. He bought the car for $10 and it cost him $40 to ship thing is just a hobbled together piece of crap but even the poorest people around the world they want to get into rc one way or another and they find ways to do it so i think that's pretty cool that yet people of different income ranges are enjoying the track at least it's not just for the rich guys right right there's Uh, a there's a lot of uh a lot of interest in RC racing in Hong Kong, and I know that nobody really cares about my trip to Hong Kong, but I will, I will say one more thing. We do, we do I'll care. say one more cool thing that, that happened when I was there is, so there's a block in Hong Kong that, so they have these, uh, these electronic malls like yes. where you go in and it's like three or four stories of just electronics everywhere. Gotcha. So we went to one of the areas where near these electronic, the electronic district, district of Hong Kong, there were three hobby shops in one building and wow. the building was like an apartment building essentially yes so we like got on the elevator and went up to like the sixth floor walked down the end of a hallway and went into what was essentially like an apartment room and there was this hobby shop in this room it was this hotel room right now is yes. twice the size of this hobby shop really but he had like m17 stacked to the ceiling all sorts of crazy like chinese rc stuff and like that's awesome it, it was ridiculous this place was called uh small bean hobbies yeah and uh, it was just it was you'd never find it uh, but it d- was just crammed into it had they had the stock of like a normal hobby shop here crammed into like a 10 they make by 10 it work room. they make yeah, it work it was it was kind of cool for sure so all right enough you i mean i'm sure sorry senior what was that got a web ad- address for that? Yeah, senior, you got uh, a web address. I don't know. <laughs> Is that where you get your latest radio? Because <laughs> no. I've been getting, uh, people know I get my Nitro Motors, my radios, my servos from a small little hobby shop in Japan, in the in, in the forest of Japan, we'll say. In the forest, forest. of Japan? <laughs> yeah. No, dude, you should see it. The, like the, I've seen pictures of this <laughs> hobby shop and track. There. I've seen pictures of this hobby shop and track, and there's just woods all around it. It's pretty cool, actually. So it's like I get my servos that would be $200 on an A-Main for 110 My $500 motor for $300. And no, I won't tell you where it's at, so don't PM me asking. We don't want it's it. It's in a forest. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere in <laughs> Japan. It, you know, Japan's not that big. Like, I spent enough time on Google Earth. Oh, no. You probably no. could find it. You'll no. find it. <laughs> You'd think, but no, no. People are... People is, it get near the, is it near the suicide forest? Possible. I was that curious would, about that, too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that would be kind of no, slick. I had a bad race day. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering something about 8-scale electric. Uh, you know, there's, like, the 8-scale electric phenomenon now that's now coming into the 8-scale nitro. Yes. Are they doing that at all with ANS? Um, not in that series, but oddly enough, the, the the container that we had our media room set up in was like just some random dude's pit container <laughs> that wasn't racing that weekend. So I, I set up my whole media station uh, in some guy's pit area. And this guy had 
he had literally 11 touring cars. I counted them. All <laughs> makes. You know, this was one of the crazier, richer Asians, I think. Yes. But he also had, like, a couple of, like, A-scale on-road cars well, that were converted to electric. Eric, can you turn so, your microphone 90 degrees so you're talking into the... 90 what? degrees? You want me to You want me to talk across the top of it? So right I'm not, there. I'm not popping my peas. No, it's not popping your peas. Your it's levels got are louder. up and down. Up. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to nail your mic down where you're at. Sorry. No, that's all right. So he he had everything you're saying, and the A-scale electric stuff, I've seen videos of it. They sound like a vacuum cleaner. You know, I could I'm see game. that being a, an appealing class for sure. I didn't get to see any run, but it was cool. Yeah, cool for looking. sure. If you can get them to hail right, I mean, it, I, I think they're in more of an infant, sca- infant state than A-scale electric buggy. Back when e-buggy came out, they were a tick slower. They were way heavier than Nitro Buggy. Now that we're getting electronics figured out, figuring out a little different configurations for the chassis for electric over Nitro and all that stuff, they're now, Kendall, wouldn't you say they're faster than Nitro Buggy now? It yeah. seems like it. They have more, I don't know, they could jump farther. They can. They have more torque and all that. They so. can actually corner for pretty good now. They seem okay. I mean, now you have these you know, low CG batteries, so you can get the weight lower i think i think even i talked with kyle holmberg last year and he had his maybe he was even when we were with kyosho but i think he had it within 30 grams of his nitro yes no i remember talking to him because i had a kyosho too and he's like you have to get this battery and you have to get this speed controller and you'll get it pretty light Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it was the kyosho e-buggy was my last one but it was pretty good I tried Senior. Senior was one of the original people in the state with an e-buggy. It was a converted RC8. It was my old converted RC8, and it was a pile of trash. It, it just did absolutely everything wrong. The electronics felt like a light switch. It was terrible. But to see where they've come from then to now, I hope that happens with the on-road, too, because we're running out of the need for nitro mm-hmm. it seems like because now the a scale electric buggy is just as good so anyways enough of that nonsense so we're here at the minnesota state championships for on road at the duluth convention center entries are down a little bit this year guys why do you think that is i mean there's 135 entries which a lot of people still more than there were nats i heard barely barely um, we had a few guys go up to the Canadian Nats, but it wouldn't have made a huge dent. I mean, I wouldn't know much. This is my first time at this event, but it's been fun. It is a fun event. I mean, people, we get a big crowd. It's at a car show, all I, that. I'd be annoyed if there were more entries. Sometimes races can be too big. Right. For instance, that other race that's happening in the country right now, or not this country, but the this other continent. race that everyone else is you going to. You the Canadian the Cana- I can say that. 600. My loud. They, there's, yeah, 600 or some 600, entries. Was it 58 heats? 
Oh, that I mean, I'd rather I'd rather yeah. walk across a hot asphalt s- parking lot yeah. littered with broken glass and bare feet than go to that race. Yeah, Suicide Forest, Japan. Uh, I'd rather <laughs> go to the Suicide Forest in Japan. I mean, why would you want to go to a race with 600 entries? That is a literal nightmare. I don't get it either. And I've been listening to the No Name podcast with Keenan. Keenan, right now, I've said this on the last episode. He has the best RC podcast right now. It's with Keenan. JQ goes on there, Jeff Keaton, but he also gets, you know, guys like Saxton, Ronald Falk, all that. Really good. But he's always, what I don't understand, he's always talking up these big races like the DNC, AMS, all that with 450 to 900 entries. Yeah, people have a romanticized view of like a race that has a lot of entries, but okay, go and sit at a track for 20 hours to run twice and get back to me. Yeah, I've been announcing. You, you have to really like sitting around in your pit area if you're going to enjoy a race like that. Oh, for sure. I'd rather get done with a race early, go out to dinner, and then come on Joe Zayer Jr.'s podcast. Yeah. But if this race had 600 entries, this wouldn't be happening right if now. We'd be, sitting in the, 600 we'd be sitting in the convention hall still. Yeah, if this race had 600 entries, I wouldn't be announcing it. They wouldn't be able to pay me enough money. I don't know. People like it, I guess. So, I mean, that's great, but... I mean, people are appealed to running with the best of the best, and you have that at those events. But That is very true. But with that, I mean, I don't know. It's just you, you just spend so much time there, and you What's enjoy up? the race less. It's also the appeal of the fact that that track is huge. Okay, so the, the track and the, like, area, the facility it's in, that all looks amazing. How I big would is the track? Totally li- I don't know how big it is, but. It's like 145 feet long. Wow. According to Anthony Swift. So, I mean. So, TCHR used to be one of the bigger tracks in the country. And that was 126 by 60. Do I have that right? It was five rolls deep. Uh, Or five rolls wide. And the rolls were 12 feet wide back then. And I believe it was 126 feet. Uh, the the hundred by the hundred by forty eight used to be the norm. Like Duluth on a, I don't know if they do it on a rollout all four rolls on a club night, but on a club night they're ninety by forty or forty eight on their club races. It's a heckin' huge chonker, that's for sure. You yeah. know, I I listened to the last episode of the podcast and I did have a rebuttal to one of the topics that you guys talked about, and I found myself wanting to to say something, but I was like, "This is a podcast. I can't call these guys and, I know. and voice my 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 disagreement with what was being said." Dude, but now I'm on. I, now I find myself on the podcast next week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the chance I, yeah, to offer my sure, rebuttal right real now. Quick, I, I understand. I listen to like the Rogan podcast, and I hear a small little bit of information, but it's like, who who am I gonna tell? Exactly. That, that's the we found the you know the one caveat to podcasts yeah. that, that doesn't work well. So, so what's your you thought? Guys, so I think somebody was, was talking about dollar hobbies, and you I guys was. were talking about how it, was not, it wasn't big enough. I was saying it would be better if it's 20 feet longer and 5 feet wider. So I think that RC racing in general has this, like, need for huge tracks. And I, I don't know if I, I – maybe I'm completely alone in this thought, but I like small tracks. No, that's okay. I think sure. that this track is too big. This track is big. I mean, big. when you have to, like, focus your eyes to, like, two vastly different focal lengths. And, right. like, your car, is, you, have, you have to take the car all the way down the straightaway until your eyes, like, finally focus on it yeah. again. It's too long. Yeah. 
Yeah. You guys can get closer I, yeah, to the I, mics, I, guys. I, I, Maybe maybe uh, that's what I need to do. I don't know, but I I sometimes I like a little bullring. I don't know. Maybe it's because I no, grew up sure. racing at trackside in New Brighton that was like 15 feet long. But and Andrew Mowry at MMR. Sometimes the tracks are just too big. Andrew Mowry at MMR every Wednesday night. He's got the grinder out. He leaves a lane and that's too small. That's too small. You think too small? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, and there's I mean yeah. you don't do anything except you might as well be turning around and going going back and forth on 180s. Oh yeah, I don't know. Sure. There's some of them that are there's, good, but I think oh, yeah. generally it's it's a little that's you, a little too small. How many of you raced at the RC barn? I think senior. I didn't. Oh handle. yes, I was there. Yep. Yeah. So in twelve scale, we were just getting to brushless, brand new brushless stuff. With twelve scale, we were doing six and a half second laps. Mm-hmm. That was too small. I remember yeah. Yari ran a mod in there too, mod 12 scale. <laughs> and I think he was only like two tenths faster. Because there was nothing you could do? No, you couldn't do anything. It was whatever gained down the straightaway. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, no dollar. It, it is a great facility and they have a great track. It's. I was just thinking off the top of my head, man, if it's just a little longer. But what, if, it for was me, a, if it was a little longer, if, if they had a bathroom a upstairs, if they had yeah. an elevator, if they had some windows, dude. I, I mean, I don't even know why we can even go to that place. It's yeah. like because what? They it's useless. Threw, they threw an obscene There's amount no of money. They threw an obscene amount of money to that place to give us an awesome race it's, facility. It's I I will say, and I you know I was pretty heavily involved in tchr but you know yes. tchr had its shortcomings i will say that that's the nicest facility the twin cities ever had it's one of the nicest. it's polished i mean the roof doesn't Dude. leak there's air conditioning <laughs> that works the bathrooms are clean I, you can't beat it clean Kitchen bathrooms upstairs. yeah yeah the my kids just go and wreck the kids area and i pick it up before i leave and the, it's the hobby shop's fully stocked there's a sign out front yeah. i mean it's the perfect there's setup. a pool table right i mean it's 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 a top notch place. It's open seven days a week. It's open like Anthony just said. Now it now it is open seven days a week. It wasn't for most of the winter, which sucks. It seems like they're getting to things. I know it's really hard to set up a business and start a business, but we were expecting this track earlier, and about six months earlier, they had issues with the city of Woodbury because they probably just needed their their pockets lined or whatever is my guess oh, yeah. brad says oh yeah i know brad did the lighting in that place and they, they made them do the floor like twice oh the subfloor yeah they, they made them do the subfloor twice brad saying yeah. i was like tchr had a bunch of hoops to jump through too oh, that, with like the pink wood and the everything pink wood, yeah the, build dude, all the certain codes that, that driver's idiotic that driver's stand was awesome because it was built so there was Fire sprinklers in the driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. But, yeah, no dollar. It, it's a great facility, but it seems like they're doing everything one season too late. And next winter, it's or next fall, I should say, it's really going to hit hard. And that's going to be – there's going to be two places really competing, MMR and dollar. And both of them will get my money. I just haven't been to MMR because Sundays is a jiu-jitsu day. Wednesday is a jiu-jitsu day and Friday. Saturday is all I got, and Dollar is the only one who will do every other Saturday. 
it's been a little confusing that they've done that, you know, but yeah, no, you're it has right. been nice for people like you, right? Or yeah. just someone that or, can only do one day. Well, yeah. What if they do, you know, there, there's always the options. What if they do a once a month Saturday race, all that stuff. They don't, because for a while it was supposed to be every other Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, but then they do like two or three Sundays in a row and then a Saturday and then Sunday, Saturday. It wasn't ever whatever. So anyways, yeah, but Dollar is an awesome facility. I'm kind of curious about off-road there. I heard a theory about this carpet. And I heard a theory even if you lay carpet over it, off-road might wreck it. Have you heard this theory? Uh, that I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I I don't know a ton about it. I've talked with Brian about running the off-road there, but I've ran a little you know, bit of this new carpet that they're looking at. Maybe yes. they've bought it already. Yes. I'm not sure, but... Um, I don't know. It's a bit newer carpet. The backing is a bit flatter. Okay. It's more of a, it's a fibrous, but yes. it's short. Uh, it shouldn't pick up much of the the rubber if that's the concern. Okay. I'm not sure, but no. no. Well, what what I heard is so this new carpet. You think of it like a like a, in between a Brillo pad and a sponge. And what I heard is the land of the vehicles. You carpet over it will smash it down and flatten it. And once that happens, it doesn't come back. And that'll mess up. It's a theory I heard. It's not never been tested. Actually, I'd like someone to get back to me on that. I've heard about it. I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll offer this opinion. Um, it can't possibly be worse than what they do at MMR. I oh mean, right, they put all sorts of stuff on that carpet, and that place is still fun to run. So yeah, no, yeah, they still have grip. You got a point. I mean, if we really want to get pedantic with the conditions at dollar hobbies uh it's just so i nice. think there's almost too much traction <laughs> you you but all, i also drive a car yeah. that works better in long traction than high traction so yes. maybe i'm a little biased true which like is a cre- What's that? says he i like high grip yeah yeah well, the russian drivers like high grip yeah what's crazy is on the gray carpet rubber sedan in my opinion was complete trash now they're looking good on the black carpet I mean, it's it's almost like running foam tires on gray carpet 15 years ago. In yeah. my opinion, that's that's the same level in, of traction that you have when the gray when the black carpet is prepared correctly. Now, yes. If you don't vacuum the black carpet or you change the layout all the time or you let a bunch of other garbage happen on top of it and don't yeah. take care of it, yep. yeah, it's it's you're out in the rhubarb just as much as you would be on the gray carpet. But right. if you let the if you let the black carpet run in like they do at Dollar Hobbies, yep, uh, yeah, there's I think there's almost too much grip. Yeah, no, it's like I mean, it's like running foam tires and on on a touring car back yeah. in the day. Yeah, but I thought that was too much grip back then too. What was that? It even at Brandon's, his I mean, oh yeah, his Br- layouts will stay put for months on end. Oh yeah, Brandon's layouts will stay He's put. Mainly twelve scale foam, so he yep. Can right. Oh, I don't want to oh, take it. Brad's handed out Pepsi and beer. Who's going to get the short end? I'm okay. Brad, Brad offers me a Pepsi, and I, I looked at the beer. It's like, he had what the hell you think you're doing? Or that instead. Oh, man. They're getting crazy over here. No. Oh, there was a fight over that one. Man, they're fighting over one can, one tall boy. I don't know. Brad brought two beers over and two, and he didn't get either one of them. So what a ripoff on him! Oh, poor Brad. Thanks, brother. (laughs) No, I think 
uh, if we're still talking about dollar, oh for sure, they're kind of at a an interesting point right now because they're getting a ton of rentals, right? And I mean, they're from what I've heard, like I don't know, twenty cars on the track. That's awesome. In a couple of hour, in span of a couple of hours, so I think we're gonna have a lot of rentals, a lot of new people that can kind of, I don't know, be difficult for some of us that have been around for a while. But I think we'll make it work. Combine that with off road. I mean, they they're at the point where they can do quite a bit right now. Right. Like I said last week, I personally think sportsman is one of the most important classes. That's where the new guys come from. And last week at the 510, we had it down to a C main of sportsman, which is awesome. But, yeah, those new guys, man, they, mm, I'll tell you what, lots of track repairs. Lots of track repairs, but that's all right. I mean, we got to deal with them. They got to get their feet wet somehow. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was a kid on non race days i literally buzzed up and down the road and seniors spray painted an oval around on the bottom in our in our cubby hole this super small cubby hole and he's like keep it on the line you know that's all i had for practice besides race days so i mean if the kids can get practice in i guess and again it's open seven days a week now which hopefully some of the local kids get in on that because yeah wheel time is wheel time anthony i have Kind of a funny story about uh, when I first started running at TCHR. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like a regional, maybe 2002 or something. It was the old, older location. Okay. Yeah. And I was marshalling stock buggy. Joe Sr., who's in the room, he was on the track. Needed a, No, he didn't need a marshal, but I was out grabbing a car and crossed the double. Joe ran right into me. I felt like garbage. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. This, Shouldn't have ran into you. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Joe, this is like 15 years later. I'm sorry. Goddamn Marshall in my way. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, that one of the first memories I have of my father-in-law is him stepping in front of my car in the middle of an A-Main at yeah. a state championships, and I it was like cost me the race. Yeah. So, Long yeah. before. Wait. So... Was that before or after you started dating Stephanie? Oh, way before. This is like 1999. So did you hold on to that and be like, I'm um, be, be like, just to spite you, I'm gonna I'm gonna start dating your daughter type deal. I'm gonna hold this against yeah, you. That, yeah, that was that was exactly the reason why. Five yeah. six years later, Look at where he's finally at now. gets us in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm playing. I'm playing the long con. <laughs> I'm, at one point, I'm just gonna be like, "Ha, jokes on all you guys! I just did this for revenge." I'm a lot of people. State championship yeah. of RC racing failure. Yeah, you yeah. screwed me on this one. Can, I say something? Can you hear me through that mic? A little bit. You got to. Who's that big tall guy that keeps coming over to my pit area? And he's always down a dollar. Who is that guy? He's a very nice guy. He's big big tall guy. I don't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you know what? Not one person has got up to him at Dollar. He felt embarrassed. He didn't know who to ask. His droop was completely backwards. Okay. His springs were the wrong way. Yep. I mean, and just like the someone he's noticed watching people do the lift test, but I think if we want to find people and bring them into the sport, we need to kind of, you know, I mean, I'm be more helpful. Doing whatever I can do yeah. just right. to get the classic. Uh, the Man, I'm bad with names. Jason. Yeah. Ward, what's his last name? Sir? Berkey. 
Verkey. Jason Verkey. Yeah, his old man sat next to me. Bruce Verkey. And we don't need to go over what happened, but nonetheless, we're sitting next to each other, and I decided to say, hey, let's figure this out. Let's show you camber. He didn't know none of that. Now we gave ourselves a high five at Champs. He's doing well. He's driving nice. Awesome. That's awesome. Some of these guys don't even know where to go. I still don't yeah. even know where to go. Yeah. I'm a novice driver. I'm going to well, in the mains for that tomorrow. What's nice about Dollar is they have well, that's what it takes is they have the spreading the knowledge but Do- dollar has I mean, two knowledgeable stuff. employees i, I know for sure i said read it keep it when you're done with it give it back yeah and, you know something help him he wants to be there he's there all the time yeah but he's at that frustrating point where he said it might have been his end all right champs. hey brad just ne- ne- like when I don't know if he can get. Is there another chair in here? It's just when get you over t- here, Brad. No, but all you guys. Brad's Brad's sitting on the outside. All right, but yeah, um, Dollar has knowledgeable employees, but the only issue is you have to. A lot of the times you have to go up and ask them. A lot of the times they won't go. Hey, here, come here. I mean that's the way with and going us up too. Going up and asking somebody sucks. Mm-hmm. But you have to do it. That's what you everyone do. did. You nobody do. nobody welcomed me into the track and was like, "Let me show you everything you have to do." I mean that's yes. that's a day with Bowman at Thunder yeah. Road. Oh geez, I didn't go to the Bowman <laughs> thing. No, he would have taught you everything. I mean, I, I remember sure. if that was if that we're existed not, when I was ten years old, guys, I probably guys, would have done it. We're not talking about dick divers on this oh, podcast. Wow. All right. Anyways. It's getting late. Oh, man. oh no. I just. <sighs> Frustration. Frustration. So, can we talk about this event that we're at right now? For sure. I feel like that there's a breadth of information we could discuss that's readily available and fresh in our memory. Sure. What's up? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying. You oh, know, yeah. No, here we are. We're at the Minnesota State Championships. I'm At the directing. Motorhead Madness Car Show. I'm race directing. It's it's pure madness. It There's is. a monster the motorhead truck. Madness. There is a monster truck. There is a truck. monster truck. Oh. You know, I want to know what your plan is as the race director. What what are you going to do when that monster truck fires up in the middle of the A main of Touring Car? Because Touring Car is the last race that runs, and you know that that goddamn thing is going to start up right in the middle of that race. <laughs> I guarantee you it will, because there's always some guy that starts to shit up right in the middle of a main, and then and it's going to piss off. It's going it. to be that monster truck. I'm calling it right now. Yeah. So what's your plan? What's my plan is I'm going to jump in that truck and choke the son of a bitch out. Well, <laughs> no. Okay. You should do a burnout on the track too. Oh yeah. Is there a, is there a decibel threshold that we have to meet in order for no. a race to be restarted? <sighs> I'm throwing the real challenging questions at you now. So if the monster truck starts up, are you going to be like, all right, all right, hold on. We're going to restart this race. The problem is, is once that. Open headers and restart. Once, is that the rule? Yeah, if it has mufflers, we keep going. Yeah. No, <laughs> Open headers, so, it's automatic restart. He's going to be idle surging for 10 so minutes. So let's, let, let's say that truck. Let, let's say that truck is the first one to start up. And that garage door opens for that first time. You need to finish then. Because that garage door is going to either stay open or it's going to open over and over and over again. And that track is going to get cold and it's going to be the slickest thing you've ever driven on. It's going to be like you're running your car on tile. It's going to happen 17.5. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, no. I mean, gonna, 
if it's the main though, and we're all on the same track, I mean, what's what's it matter, you know? If it's an issue with sound or clarity okay, or Okay, let's say this. Let's say this. Depending on the time, because we want to be done by four, because they're not supposed to open the garage doors until like 4.30. So we want to be done by four. But if he starts it, well, I mean, how many times do you stop Repeat your battery. How far in are we? These are all things. I think they should just turn that truck on in the morning and let it run all day. <laughs> Same for everyone. Let's all get gassed out. It's it's tall enough that you could just go under there and disconnect that starter when no one's looking. And he's got six batteries. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> yeah, have to figure out six the one. Batteries. Yeah, for but sure. But yeah, the uh, you know this race is super cool because. It's at a car show. They so get, there's people standing around watching all day long. They do get racers from this. Yeah. Mm. Who's the best example of like a guy that races that we all know of right now that maybe discovered this at this race? Do you hash, know hash. Really? <laughs> That's your best example? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so maybe this isn't the best place to get new no, racers. No, but the, Just they, they have a lot of club guys yeah. that don't go to big races that started racing because of the Motorhead Madness. I, I mean, I imagine they've had a lot of people come through their doors. Maybe they haven't stuck around or whatever, but yeah. they had to have, you know. Well, they don't have support. Hash Hash Racing Euro Truck? Hash Hash is racing Euro Truck. There you go. He's running tech, I know that, at least for one time. Oh, dude, through. he jumped Billy Sider's Yeah, I, <laughs> I was standing there. That's how, I, yeah, that's how I do. Dude. I was like, damn. Billy's like, what is going on? I'm like. our out-of-town guests with I'm a little lo- more I'm respect. Like, Hash, settle down. It's okay. No, I'm trying to do it. Hash, settle down. Settle down. No, I'm, uh, Billy's like, ooh, what is this? Because, you know, we've had. Your normal guy, we've had Ron Hawk, and we've had Josh Gutowski in the pond is teching. Hesh can do a good job, but, man, you ask him one question that isn't even out of line. It's just you ask him one question, and he mumbles a question to you, and you don't understand. He's going to jump down your throat. It's Man, he's been doing that in person. You don't want Hesh Hash jumping down your throat. Oh, dude, it's a... I it's just want a hash brown down my throat. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Kendall with the dad jokes, and he's the youngest one in the room. I know. Right. He's, I'm he's terrible. He's Rex's son, so. Yeah, I suppose. You know, the dad jokes run deep in his lineage. Yeah. But, no, it's Embrace they do it, get racers, but it's tough because a hobby town up here for racers is pure trash. Um, pure trash. It's pure it's trash. Pure trash. I'm surprised that okay, Euro truck stacked up like Maori does. So it would be a good place to sell you know, some Euro trucks. They used Hobby Town used to set up a booth. That's right. What happened to that? Yeah, Hobby Town used to set up a booth and they stacked Traxxas to the ceiling, and they used to sell them. And then these guys stack Traxxas. There's that's a rhyme. You can use that. <laughs> oh, dude, stack. <laughs> got the Traxxas stacks. Jimmy Paulson from uh, Wheel Brokers, he set up dozens of kits. He was selling at um, Heydays. He was selling X Maxes by the dozen. Is he selling logbooks too? Selling what? Logbooks for the lorries for the the Euro truck. Oh yeah, (laughs) those things. I get it, but I don't. So we're gonna do ridiculous things with them tomorrow. <laughs> We're gonna do do I need to things. enable reverse again, or 
Maybe we're well. We're God gonna... damn it, Joe! I don't know how to. Oh do yeah, that. Kendall's racing Euro Truck. Forgot Kendall's racing Euro Kendall Truck, battling with Troy for that. He blew. Oh, it's over. Troy got the TQ in that. Yeah, let's not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a five-man pick crew, so he does. Yeah, and I'm just damn. a one-man. <laughs> Who got Doctor Lap? Kendall. He didn't fall on his logbook. Oh yeah, he got Doc. Yeah. But we're running all 14 in the main. Um, there's talk of a triple-A main. And what we're going to do, one of them we're going to run regular. The other one we're going to run backwards. The third one at the halfway point. And all right, everybody. Up on the straightaway, and the riot monster truck's going to run them over. <laughs> Please. <laughs> That's a good way to wreck $300 worth of equipment is to crush 14-year-old trucks. <laughs> it would be the most affordable way to crush cars. Yes. <laughs> Oh, my. Dude, he, he was using, like, two cans of tire on that monster truck. six gallons of tire <laughs> truck. And there's got some shiny tires. I bet that thing's never seen the mud. Nope. I bet you it's just a show truck. And his girlfriend's pants probably has really greasy butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jeez. Yeah. I was told this car show would be kind of a piece of shit but it's actually not that bad this is one of the better years i've gone that's good I, yeah i, I there agree are nice, there's there are nice it's uh yeah. it's hit or miss you know over the years that i've been here the last four years or so a lot of this stuff it's same old same old senior and i skipped last year to go race in omaha and this is first year back and it's mostly different stuff what's that is that a street old school 70s street stock right out front yep that thing is rad they got a lot of race cars which is cool like back three four five years ago there'd be one or two modifieds and maybe a street stock they got a whole huge section of just race cars they got a dragster got motors they have everything here so the car show itself is decent again it used to be really nice when it was world of wheels then they lost the naming rights or they're asking way too much for the name and then they came up with motorhead madness and then it was they still claim it as the 51st annual though yeah 51st annual march car show there you go but there's still some pretty ratchet stuff out there oh there's a pt cruiser with a lot of stick on chrome plastic pieces if there's if there's a pt cruiser period i don't did you see the like i was just gonna say that that's brad's style i thought that was yours brother yeah we saw that. We were like, "Damn!" So we had to get we get Sandman in that yeah. thing. Brett, so Brett, I'm like, Fisher will put some hydraulics and some spark, some spark generating uh, elements on the back end. Drop the thing down. Bring up the mail gone, truck. Gone yeah. Oh yeah. There's a mail truck, and then behind the mail truck, there's a rat rod truck that's got the best de- decal on it that just says, "Shut up, it's done." They got a 318 yeah. in that. It'll be that yeah. thing that shut up. It's done. It'll be done when he spells hillbillies correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Every year that gives me an aneurysm. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, but no, the car show itself is decent. The racing is super close. I'm not racing at my top level, but I'll tell you what. I'm happy that I'm in the B rather than the A for the simple fact that if I was in the A, I would be pulling over every other lap to let Weeda, Charlie, Venner, or one of them guys buy. We're all super close in the B within less than a lap. And it's kind of interesting. We're all different drivers. 
Like, I'll lay down a few fast laps, bobble, whatever. Senior will just do the same lap over and over and over again. There's a guy in there that'll do Wita-style laps for three laps, and then he'll just crash for four laps in a row. So you got all walks of life in 12-scale stock right now. Touring car, now 21.5's getting pretty big, guys. I'm liking it. Both of you guys are running it. Both of you guys using the same car for 21.5 and 17.5? Yes. Yep. But 21.5 is not that fun, in my opinion. I agree. But it's getting the numbers. Yeah. I think it caters to more people. Anthony's shaking his head. Brad's a touring car driver. What do you guys think? I'm shaking my damn head, too, over here. No. Brad says no on the 21.5, but you're all still running it. I'm, I'm also the biggest proponent for mod touring cars. Yep. So. Yeah, that's true. Anthony likes a mod. He likes I touching a corner and set. So. I get it. Back in the day, you had mod, you had stock. Yeah, you got a couple of guys right here that hadn't run stock anything in like decades. So yeah, yeah I'd run mod, but I don't know. I mean, uh, it brings numbers to the class. Maybe well, that's some, all that matters. You know, people. Maybe, it's 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 an easier drive, I think. Um, but the this, thing that's annoying about it is just that you have. It requires such an unorthodox power delivery. Yeah. But it, it's more like stock 12 scale in that regard where you're, right. you're driving around you're and you're throttle. in the throttle in places where you it just doesn't seem like it should be in the throttle, but you have to be. And, you know, once you wrap your mind around that concept and, like, let yourself just be punched all the time, it I could see where people like because then it becomes a little easier where then, okay, now you're just focusing on steering. Steering, steering yeah. But it, it's still, it's getting over that hump of, like, learning how to just be f- – fully you know pegged all over the place that is is difficult especially when you're swapping back and forth between a faster class too right that that requires a bit of a an adjustment and yeah. i've had some issues so, with that this weekend all of you yeah. except eric has ran usgt right i haven't ran you usgt haven't? so i ran usgt swifty you ran it. it horrible for maybe a week oh swifty you ran it <laughs> okay i was cur- brad's ran it i know i'm curious What's the difference? Because the tires are the same, sure, but USGT are treaded. What is the difference between USGT and 21.5 sedan? USGT feels like you're driving around on tires that are made out of concrete blocks. There you go. Yep. A touring ah. car feels like a race car. All right. The tires in USGT are very, very square. And That's what I call them. Okay. Okay. So, with VTA on its way out, because they really only run it up here, it's dead down in the cities. Wouldn't that wouldn't just a twenty one five sedan just be a good entry level way to get into it? I mean, it, yeah, and I think because it's a little, it handles. They're still really decent. fast. That's the problem. That's that, true. I mean, but I mean, everything's getting so quick that the entire country of motor builders know that it's going towards that direction okay there's more development in 21.5 motors to make them faster and be the next best motor out there right like 17.5 was where everyone's doing motor races now i mean i think a lot of our lap times in 21.5 are they're the same or one tenth off from 17.5 yeah billy's running the same 
between i thought he was running the same car with the same motor in both because he's matching his times between 21.5 and 17.5 yeah i mean yeah i don't know i think it's all too close honestly like I've never been a huge fan of the 21.5 because it's too close to USGT. It's like a tenth or two tenths. Yeah, that's what I was kind of – it's like the same same motor, same battery, just a slight – well, not so – a different body and different tires. Is the setup different with the USGT guys? Yes. Oh. All right, there's a different setup, so you can't just slap tires on in a body. Massively different, but different enough. Different enough, Okay. Okay. See, I just think that it's dumb that we're using the same car that you know structurally it's all the same components, and then we're throwing like a different body and tires on it, and it requires a different setup, and we're calling that a different class. Like I just feel like it's it seems counterintuitive to what having a car you know. It's like if we're having if we have a chassis, let's keep it all the same and then offer different or, speeds of it. Yes. And if we're gonna have a different car that's like a different class, let it be like the front wheel drive thing or like a if i have to have a second car Who called it somebody you, you called, need to have a second car if you're going to run usgt and touring car and if you're going to have a second car let it be something entirely different so it's not rona the same, called the same car. rona called the front wheel drive class the on roads version of 40 and over <laughs> well you know on, what is he point. he doesn't he doesn't run on road yeah, so uh, but he point. makes parts get can get a little closer to the mic to continue on just point yep instead of having six classes one motor but different right. bodies and different yes. tires and different weight class right you would have so much better racing and a lot more people having fun i feel if you ran one class the same rules and you had an e or an f main i agree oh, that, yeah. well that's the way it that's, used to be yeah, that's how it used to be we used to have the same speed. we used, used to, to have be stock st- buggy mod buggy stock truck mod truck and off-road exactly and stock touring car i mean yeah. that was the only touring was, car class and there was yep. There was seven. I mean, if you took all the touring car chassis that are here this weekend, there's probably 70 touring cars. Back yeah. in the day, they would all be running stock touring car. There'd be, yeah. you know, a J main or something. And like I said, I'm glad to be in the B main where I'm at because it's better racing. I'm, I'm not delusional with myself. I know I'm never going to be a pro. I'm never going to be one of the top guys, but I enjoy really good racing and the more you get in a class the better you're gonna you're gonna race with closer people you're gonna make yourself better by having close battles but no yeah it's you're only as good as the people around you to push you right right you show up to a track every weekend you're the fastest guy you're never gonna try and change things right you're gonna try and be faster because you're already at the top yeah you need to be around people that push you to develop and, and try things different Absolutely. That's but, that's why you always have – that's why, you know, if you travel around and you end up at a track, you know, in such-and-such such town, Minnesota, and, you know, there's there's a guy there, you know, that's like he's the guy. Yeah. But they don't go anywhere or do anything, and then, like, you know, some traveling guys come in, and it's like you, you see it happen where it's like, whoa, you know, like, what? And it's like their world is rocked. And then the same thing happens in the Twin Cities where, like, if nobody ever goes around, you know, like somebody will think that, you know, oh, yeah, we're – I think we're doing pretty good. And then some person from the National Series will come in and be like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, I'm still a lap off. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, but you get to a you plateau unless you continually try – unless you're continually exposed to people that are faster than you. 
Do you? Like, that's why you, you'll reach a point being a driver in the Twin Cities where that's as fast as you're going to get. Yep. So you start traveling around the country and go to the Nationals. Well, and that's what a lot only of so guys fast did. you can go until you can do that. That's why the people in Southern California. That's why they're so fast because they got the Nationals every week. Yep. And unfortunately, in Minnesota, it's not a touring car state. It's not, but it, it might is come in the back. cities. Yeah, it's, it's becoming more and more. It's getting better for sure. It's gotten better. The east side of town is a touring car <laughs> town. You, you but now, Chicago or Florida, California, and yeah. you have right but more population too there's more population now you said you don't like different you don't like classes with different bodies same chassis but this weekend we have a spec gt12 scale i personally don't like the body but i do like the motor idea it's just a 45 dollar lock timing hobby wing i think that class is super cool i mean um yeah, I, I mean to to re- eliminate the motor component of that whole thing is it's huge. I mean, yeah, you don't but, have to buy a hundred motors yeah. and sort through them to find the fastest yeah, exactly. one. Exactly. I mean, focus on driving. I think they should do something like that with touring car. To be honest, well, it's called K and M. It's K and M. Well, you know what they could do is just people could just run mod. <laughs> yeah, that's true. People could run mod, but that'll never happen. But uh, man, the breakage is heavy. It's it's bad, and I, I fully admit. I mean, that, everybody's you know, as been... much as I'd like to sit and romanticize the 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 you know way a mod touring car probably would be. Yeah, it's it's mental. It's way too fast, and yeah, you break way too much stuff. Right. But I still think there's probably a me- a middle ground somewhere where. I mean, the the greatest equalizer is always having more power than you can reasonably apply to the track, right. and. I'm trying to get a mod buggy thing going right now. And the thing about that is, on dirt off-road, you have a little bit more tire wear. But an 8.5 in a two-wheel drive buggy is nowhere near the speed of a 5.5 in a touring car. They're just two totally different things. And even with a mod motor in a two-wheel buggy, you're going to break more A-arms. I mean, maybe not many more, but... Yeah, I mean... A mod, mod touring car is still a whole different animal yes. than a mod buggy. It's it is when you hit something. There's no mod on roads. It's, it's totally yeah, different thing. Buggies tumble and deflect and do this yes. or that. Mod, mod touring cars disintegrate. Yeah, mod on road. They were they were gonna make mod on road a twelve scale, a spec of a six five, that never stuck. But you're talking one run tires every time. You touch something, you're probably replacing at least the chassis. I mean, that's with a lot of touring cars now with 21.5 and 17.5. I've seen a lot of people bending chassis back and putting new chassis on and all that. It's it's hard to say because, honestly, I, I think I broke less and I crashed less when I ran mod at Dollar just during practice. And I think that's because when you're running stock, you're full wood in the trigger right and mod your halfway around the track you're only a quarter throttle you can quickly you know it, hit the brakes right and, it allows you a second input to modulate yeah. the attitude of the car in a corner whereas when you're running stock yeah. okay you're full speed all you can do is use the wheel to try to affect the car and keep it away from a pipe or with mod you can you can speed up or yeah. brake and use us and use a snaring to yeah. avoid an obstacle but yeah. the issue is just that 
when we run mod, the things are so fast that, I mean, it takes a long time to really be able to control a vehicle that has that much power. And Well, there's four of you here wanting to learning run it. On, learning on an on-road car is not think, very easy. I think a seasoned racer also approaches mod with a different mentality than they approach stock racing. Oh, I'm sure. They already know kind of what they're getting into mainly, and they know that they need to check the car down. And they know that they need to pay attention closer to how they're driving it than necessarily maybe stock. So let's say you have, there's this one corner coming out of, I call it the white boy rhythm section, right before you hit a section called the bus stop. But it's like, like you go around the corner coming out of the rhythm section, you go straight for a split second, then you curve around. And everybody's been hitting that and flying Right, over. You have to you have to change the radius of the corner in mid corner. Right, that's why I call it the white boy. There is no rhythm. That's why it's called the white boy rhythm section. It's kind of a dad joke, is it not? It is a dad joke. I don't know, but it's a that's so, a, that's a tricky part of the track. What if you were to do that with mod though? Would you just totally destroy the car? No. If you touch that and then you just went flying because you're going that much faster. You're not really going that much faster, though. I mean, okay. Eric and I have talked about this. Like, you're almost at maximum velocity on the car in the infield with stock as it is. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, you can't pick up much speed in the infield with a modified motor, I don't think. Okay. You pick up the speed on a lap with a modified motor on the straightaway. Okay. You're Which sounds kind of stupid. <laughs> never 100%. car, you'd be 100% throwing with their mod, you'd be like 50%. Okay. That makes sense. So it's just basically more patience to drive a mod car. Yes. I mean, yeah. I th- and the, I mean, the advantage of it would be you eliminate the motor and battery game. I'm all about the mod movement and for the motor and battery game. And then I was looking at the buggy, and a couple people are like, oh, I don't have any of that stuff on. Bullshit. You got to add like three, 400 bucks worth of parts on a stock buggy to get rid of that extra tenth and a half plus the motor and battery game mm-hmm. i'm not gonna have a b6 roller that costs eight hundred dollars once it's all said and done tricked out for stock that's a it's a total waste and i think eliminating that motor and battery game you go either one of two ways you do and which you guys would dislike because it would be boring as hell for you, you go that hobby wing 17.5 with the lock timing that they're doing with the spec gtr or like eric says you put way more motor in there than you can actually use and you drive the sucker and i think both like utilizing both at the same time would probably be ideal because you have an equalizer at slower speeds for people that want to do that yeah and then to jump you would then have too much power you'd run mod there's no like middle ground super stock or anything like that it's just, right you have these people and you have the others and that's typically how it goes. But, right. Um, Eric, when you were in Asia a couple times, would you say that younger kids were running modified more or is modified more of a thing over there? I feel like in general all over the world, uh, except for various locations around the Great Lakes, modified is just a completely normal and accepted practice to the point where even if you look at Chicago, like they don't even run – like like they don't run stock 
Do you they think... run thirteen five twelve scale and modified, you... or in touring car they run modified touring car and like seventeen five or thirteen five? Yeah. Do you think that a lot of people not getting their stuff right deter? Like I've seen a lot of wrong cars this weekend. Do you think them getting stuff so wrong? Because there's a lot of I'd say fifty percent of the field in. 21.5 is just out. You mean like ill handling? Yes, or? ill handling. Do you think that kind of, they're trying to figure stuff out and they're probably never going to figure it out? I mean, on-road is hard. It is hard. I mean, even, I've been in RC almost 20 years and jumping in on-road, it's like, I have to buy all this equipment, yeah. like these setup stations, but I mean, it's worth <laughs> setup it. Setup stations actually work unlike the ones in off-road. I mean, it's nice to look at your car and reset it and go, oh, this is what was wrong. And you know, when you go back out, it's going to work. Yeah, that is nice. Like 95% of the time. So Kendall, you've been racing off-road most of your time. And I would say you excel most at Nitro Buggy. How long have you been racing on-road now? Is this your second or third season? Uh, this would be the second full season. The year before, I think I ran, uh, I think I borrowed Chris Maluli's x-ray ran that a couple races but yep. um yeah the last couple winners at least la uh, maybe half of last winter was um you know spent running touring car all right yeah do you like the do you like jumping back and forth or have you you've kind of done it all locally for um off-road i mean you've won two three four nitro buggy um mnrc series points you went undefeated for two seasons or one i think just one just yeah. one yep. so is it kind of fun and like it's almost like a new girlfriend on road i don't know i think it's exciting to get into just new classes new aspects of rc um i don't know i like focusing he on didn't have a motorhome so he had to he had to get in. Yeah, that's run. right. Yeah. The candy van broke down one too many times. Yeah. I mean, this year, dollar being 15 minutes from where I live has oh, been a huge thing. That's so big. And that's why Ryan Greening got into 12 scale. Mm -hmm. I was talking to him about it. And <laughs> I'm like, he built the car. I'm like, oh, so did you put on a tweak station? He's like, what's that? I, yeah. When oh. I heard that on the podcast, I, I don't know how, I mean. He loves it. He says it's the best driving thing ever. Uh, that's why I said it's like imagine keep how, that attitude. Imagine how blown his mind will be when he actually yeah. sets it off. Then I've said you, you've driven the car a dozen times, put new front springs on. That'll just totally blow your mind right there. Three four dollar piece. But yeah, it's that's why he got into it, and he was anti not he's eh, pretty anti stock, I should say. And that's all we run here for on road. So he was kind of anti it, and then he got the Roche, built it, and he's running an untweaked, probably horribly handling car, but he's having a blast with it. Probably oh, handles better than an off-road car. Oh, probably way better. But yeah, I, I don't know. He loves it though. I mean, it's always fun to see people that try it out and like like it. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people, it'd be pretty easy to come from off-road and try on-road and be like, "Oh, this is stupid." Oh yeah, for sure. And there's been like Ching. Jason Chang, I remember him trying stock truck back in the day. He ran it for one heat and sold it that same night. I mean, it's Chang, too. So. Yeah, that is Chang. 
Hey, he actually he, finished one race in stock to qualify. Into I, the- I appreciated all of your commentary on Jason's <laughs> finishing or non-finishing of yes. each race. Yeah. <laughs> I, you and your keep- encouragement, and you're like, there you go. See what happens when you actually finish a race. <laughs> I think Jason's doing great this week, honestly. Yeah, but you... He had legitimate issues in the 13.5. His sensor wire looked like a dog chewed on it and his shock popped off, and he still threw his car mid-pack A-main. He doesn't have to play the bump game, which I think is awesome. But it's like a lot of the times I think he pulls it because he beats himself mentally. He, like, taps a board, and it, like, shakes his shit out of his brain or something, and he's just done. Jason's a guy who extracts a different type of enjoyment out of the sport. He likes the money he, aspect. He loves. Well, I just think he likes. He likes wrenching on shit. He likes that's having true. cool yeah. stuff. He likes. Yes. He likes setting it up. He likes fiddling with it. I mean, and that's who care. That's awesome. I mean, Talk. whatever. Whatever you think is cool, I guess. He and I mean, that's mechanic. right. He should oh, be yeah. a mechanic. If you if you want to blow an hour one day, ask him about how different the settings between the modalizer one and the modalizer two is and how one's inaccurate in one way and how it's a- <laughs> See, I mean, you'll, you'll just yeah, destroy your brain. That's the thing that you can do to have fun. I mean, that's, I and think that's cool. And then what I like about him, he likes trying to find rare stuff. So I really wanted a Kyosho setup station for my 12 scale. They're rare. And the reason I want a Kyosho one is because the way they work, they work with ride height and all that crap, which is so they actually are accurate. So he's like, oh, cool story, bro. I found the Yokomo one. This is the last one in the world, and it took me two years to talk to some guy in Spain to get it. He sold me the Kyosho one just to have the Yokomo one. Same exact thing except the on the outside of the kyosho one it's shaped like a k and the yokomo one's kind of regular but yeah he likes finding that super rare stuff that you cannot get as a normal person i bet you he paid a thousand dollars for that yokomo setup station i wouldn't doubt it i mean could be i don't know yeah him and uh i guess jess isaacson remind me of each other in a sense that they both Love just kind of messing with the stuff in the pits, and I think Jess likes developing things more. Like he's making chassis and stuff like that. Yep. Which that's also awesome. That's one thing I do like more about twelve scale than sedan is your average guy with your basic concept of machining who looks at a chassis and goes, "Hey, I'd like to do this." Like with the titanium chassis they were running, what was so special with them is they moved the weight from the rear to the front of the chassis now you see they're all on graphite chassis this week with a shit ton of weight in the front because the chassis are weighted wrong with the titanium chassis they figured out how to take that weight that was in the back and put them up front so you know you got guys figuring out stuff yeah. like that and they're your average guy they're not that's and that's i think that's the a cool thing about on road and it's definitely right. one of the things that i appreciate more now as i'm getting older i mean as a younger kid I always thought, oh, on-road, that's dumb. It's run off-road, it's harder, and, like, it's more dependent on the driver and this, that, and the other thing. And now that I'm getting older, I have a much more, a a much greater appreciation for, like, the engineering side of RC cars. And like you said, that's that's exactly what can uh, flourish in on-road racing is, is just guys fiddling with stuff and finding solutions, like, Ken and I have been working so hard to try to get like our touring cars 
up to speed with right. a lot of these other these newer cars that have come on the market since the the advent of the super high bite black carpet and like okay we've tried this thing and that thing and and we you know we're just working through all these different like potential solutions to right to to solving things and you know you you hit on the thing here or there and it's cool to, to to be able to kind of engineer your own solutions to problems like that that you know and offer you never really would yeah. would have to even you wouldn't have to because it's just you just go out there and wheel it but in on road it's like you really have to yeah you have to make you have to solve problems in order right. to be fast correct which is cool and like i said with on road guys are coming up like with off road some guy will make a fan mount some guy will do this out of graphite but it's never a game changer on road i could probably put three or four different chassis on my car that would make the car better i just I don't want to spend $250 on a chassis. That's not my thing. And some of that chassis stuff has trickled over to the touring cars as well. Like, you know, okay. Dan Hammond has a titanium chassis on his X-Ray. Who made that? Uh, was it Bonner, perhaps? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. AB Speed, Aaron Bonner, he's been making a ton of stuff for a while. He's actually the reason uh, um, the the... 12R 5.2, the associated 12 scale before the 6, was competitive for some of the associated drivers because he kept making chassis, this and that, just to make it keep up. He stretched that car farther than it ever should have gone. When it was out of the box new, it was good. A year later, when the XI came out, the CRC XI, the thing was out of date, and they never updated it for like four years. Now they have another car that needs serious updating. They scold team members who update it, and I, I remember getting pictures of the inline car and hearing of people getting in trouble for it. Why would they ever? Why would I mean? I kind of get it. How your team associated? You should run team associated anyways. But the car, you have the front end, you have the shock, you just have different plates. Do you know what the big deal is? I mean, the... The, the big deal as far as why them, they might be upset that people are manipulating their product and... But they're winning with a quote-unquote team associated. I, I mean, I, I can't speak for... On behalf of what they may or may not appreciate, or but that's not, not just of. associated. That's a lot of other companies. Like I mean, if you break it down to okay, I am a company that makes a product and I support folks that use it, either financially or at a steep discount. Yeah, I can absolutely mm-hmm. understand why they would want them to use it exactly as it's sold. Because sure, I, I mean it's not really a good message to to Basically send that if. You know, uh, here's here's a product, you know, that we sell, but, you know, these guys that actually, you know, use it all the time, they have to change out half the stuff in order to make it work well, right. I'm, that's just not, I mean, obviously that's not a very good, I know for a while, good thing to show, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I understand. Sure. Uh, I mean. Well, yeah, everybody's got a different podium. A lot of these 12 scale guys have different podium cars. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say too much more. They, a lot of these 12 scale guys have straight podium cars that let's say magazines aren't really around anymore but let's say live rc wants to do a body off photo with no, oh that's don't. a bone stock this that's a no that's not the car they raced i mean that's that's a practice that's extremely old in the rc industry is oh the, for sure 
putting the putting the parts you're supposed to have back on your car for the for the podium shot. But, but I'd like to talk. So you guys are always been up to mid level sponsored. Have you guys ever been part of product development? No, no, not me. Never. Not that cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I well, was. Well, actually, yes. Once with Viper. Okay. Which is whatever, but well, Viper was cool when they were around. Now they're McLean. Yeah, uh, Maclan, yeah, whatever yeah, it's called. But yeah, we I ran some prototype seventeen five motors. Had really no idea what I was doing, but oh. it was kind of cool to get that, I guess. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I'd like to think that right now we're developing the TC seven on high bite black carpet in the stock class because I don't awesome. know who the hell else is running the car. Just right Daniel now. Carlson and uh, Europe, <laughs> yeah. like. Daniel Carlson and the, us two guys. I mean, the cars look great. You guys are on pace. It just looks like you have to push them a little more. Yeah, I mean, I would say our car naturally doesn't turn as much maybe as some of the others, and then when you throw more steering in it, it's kind of a pain to drive. But I don't know. It's I think this big track is helping us out. You know, the corners are a little bit wider. Yeah. Um, Except for that know. one so, section. Yeah, the, the middle. I'd have to do a three-point turn to get through. Do you think, just as feedback not as part of development but as feedback do you think um craig should come to you guys and like take a survey once every three months and be like hey you guys have been running this what would you like to see and he goes to bt and then bt goes to the developers of associated and so on and so forth because the alleged rumor about elliot boots is that new mp10 came out None of the top drivers were involved in build. It was all Kanai, I believe, 100%. Boots was not involved in development. Tebow, when he was on the team, was not involved in development. They, I don't even believe they were given prototype stuff because I asked on it on the No Name podcast, and Boots goes, I was never given a prototype. They told me to run this. I ran it. And then he didn't say this, but I heard it wasn't up to snuff. He put on MP9 parts, and they canned them. Uh, well, does he have an engineering degree? I'm not sure, actually. No. Okay. You, Some of these you guys can do. I probably does, and he's a world champion. So that's true. I, I, but I understand that. He's 90. just one guy, though, and that's that's what I don't like about that situation personally. I think when you have a wider pool of talented drivers that are yes. giving you feedback yeah i mean when, when the mp10 was in huh yeah you're trying to sell and you're asking high dollar kyosho is very high dollar i can see where you know rc racers have an inflated sense of self-worth when it comes to how things should be as well I right mean, but if there's you're people out there that are really dumb but they're fast <laughs> but do they need to have do should they be designing a car you know like they you probably know, would have a strong opinion on how it should be but are they really qualified on another podcast we'll, we'll keep it vague but on another podcast i asked a pro a question have you ever driven a prototype that you enjoyed but never came to market and he goes i don't even know what i'm i just put the body on and draw i might have driven this i might have tried i don't really know i don't remember i don't care type situation it's like you that's your job man and that's his only job i mean i think there are some people like ryan mayfield i think he's shown or shared that um he likes to keep stuff the same he doesn't like to change what he runs or 
even yeah. change bodies. Like right. he doesn't want to go from a finisher to a silencer. Okay. Or whatever. He just he picks one and initially. Cavalier is pretty notorious for that too. Just keeping the same setup all the time. I wonder how Cav is. I mean, Cav just got uprooted from Team Associated. What I heard was he was not re-signed. I'm not sure. I guess. You guys got to start listening to these gossipy ass podcasts I'm listening to. I'm trying to get away from all the drama. That's why I'm. That's why I'm running some on road right now. You know. Yeah. Well. I guess I don't care. The off road. I mean, I don't care in my day to day life. It's just kind of interesting, and it, you know, I realized this once I got older. But it's interesting to realize that Brian Kinwald got his image basically stolen for years. Barely made a penny off of it while trinity made millions of dollars off of his image and didn't give him crap for royalties i thought he was rich while he's online being like hey does every anybody have two tires i can put on my scion xb isn't he running for trinity again though i think so it's well a damn <laughs> shame it is a damn shame but anyways yeah i don't know man it's twelve we've been going for an hour and 15 minutes you guys oh, want to call right. this Sure. Yeah, sure. I got to announce tomorrow. I'm not looking forward to it. What? Hold on. Let me ask you a yeah. couple questions first. Oh, go for it. What's the thing you're looking forward to most tomorrow as a race director? Let's hear the race director's perspective. Finishing. Uh, finishing's one, seniors just said. But another one is I want the last race to be so good that I lose my damn voice announcing. Okay. If I bumped the A in 12 scale, I will not run it because I want to call all the A mains. Eric could do it, but I don't see anybody else here that could call A mains. I don't want anybody else calling A mains except for maybe Eric, but Eric's going to be in a few of them. Pressure's on. I'll him. call it. Yeah. But yeah. I no. want you to race. Yeah, no, I, I'd let the, it up. let the computer lady call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be. A, I want, I want nice, close, exciting racing. That's what makes me happy. Keeping on a schedule. That's what's frustrating, man. I wanted to be done with rounds today, but they made me stop at seven thirty or whatever. I stopped. That's. They were like, "All right, we're cutting it off here." It's like, really, guys. I could have finished qualifying tonight, but because of the car show, there has to be. Cars on the track until let's say it's, four o'clock. It's a it's a legal requirement that there is a car racing on the track when the riot monster truck starts up. Yeah, I'll put my. It's part of the rules. I'll put my damn mini truggy out there. Let him crush that damn thing. Did you did you run that by the way? I did. You should enter the mini truggy in the car show and park it out on my floor. <laughs> Take up a whole spot. It'd be just. I guarantee there would be just many people looking at that. Yeah. Just be fuddled like what? Whoa! Look at that thing. Yeah. I ran the mini truggy out there. My springs were about 10 steps too soft, but I got it down to Euro truck time, and it was all straightaway speed because I had to crawl through the corners, and it was fun. I was three-wheeling through the corners. It's like three wheels were on the ground, and that inside front was picking wood. Not just a little bit. It was like jacking off. Jacking off. It was jacking. <laughs> we got to end this. <laughs> it was going way high off the ground. It wasn't just a little bit. It was a couple inches. <laughs> Oh, man, Cider. Oh, geez. Yeah, he would have got me on that one good. Anyways, you guys got anything else? Did you say you had more questions? Yeah. I don't need to have any more questions. Are you sure? Yeah, we're good. 
What what would be a crappy thing to happen tomorrow? That would be the uh, computer be the failure, decoder failure, PA failure. Last week at the five, we had a PA failure right before I was calling a race because I wanted to call some races to warm up. Well, I didn't want to throw out my damn voice by shouting on the driver's stand at the drivers on how they're doing. You know, st- failures, I hate them. People not marshalling, but everybody's been pretty damn good, and when I've needed volunteers, that they have been there, which, man, you don't get that too often. So as a race director, I'm liking it. So it's been a good weekend so far, and I hope tomorrow finishes the same way. I don't know. I've been having fun calling races, but it's fun to do them once in a while. But to do them every month or two a month like I used to do, it just wore thin very quickly. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I'll and just do a few every now and then. And yeah, that's what I plan on doing. Have a good doing. mixture and variety. If people want to hire me, pay my way out there and give me a couple hundred bucks, and I'm there, man. There you go. It's not hard to do. I mean, I got a hotel room that they were getting for free anyways, and a cup they they pay I mean they paid me money but and they gave me a free entry. And that's all I require. So all right. Anybody from the peanut gallery have anything else? Peanuts. Peanuts. Shout out to Swift. Anthony Swift's bag of M and M's. Yeah. Yeah. And to Brad Sandvig's dope raps. Yeah, Brad was supposed to drop some raps, but um, my fourth mic, I don't have the right cord for it. I thought it would work with the way I have it set up, but it did not. I bet you that mic's a... I'm going to test that right after this. I bet you that mic's dead. 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 That's what you get with... So instead of spending $300 on mics, these are $25 mics. They sound decent, all that stuff. But you're going to get a turd every once in a while. We need all you listeners out there to donate some money to Joe Zayer Jr. so he can buy some new microphones. So no, why don't you and email then, your no. – uh, what's your PayPal account? No. No. <laughs> I, I thought, <laughs> why don't we dial 1-900-X-Ray and uh, voice your opinion to Brad Sandvig? I thought about starting a Patreon, but I don't want people being like, hey, I was supporting you first one on patreon i think you should do this and do that and it's you don't like, need anybody to own you exactly i have everything there you go and just replace 20 dollar parts here and there whatever i got this nice laptop it's a touch i didn't even know it was a touch screen until i flicked until you piece, touched it until i flicked Shit. a piece of dust off of it and hit an icon and then i looked down here there's a sticker that says crisp hd touch screen it's like shit I I had no idea until RTFM. RT what? RTFM. Read the fucking manual. Yeah, no. Old, Joe. We don't do that. All right, we're gonna. But your kids knew that was a touch screen the second you brought it home. Oh, I guarantee they did. <laughs> second, I brought it home. Can you put Fortnite on? No, I will not put Fortnite or Minecraft or none of that nonsense. This is for podcasts only, literally. What do I think? Well, it depends. If people practice, it'll be good. It'll suck a little bit for GT12. But if people practice, it'll be good after about two to three runs. But it's also going to be colder outside tomorrow. It was 50 degrees today. It's going to be 32 for a high tomorrow. That's going to have an effect. So we'll see. They got to keep that damn garage door closed. Have to bust out the Weather Channel app. Yeah. Plan my race strategy. 
All right. You guys you guys good? Yep. All right. We good. That's my ending advice. Keep the damn garage door closed. All right. We've ran out of talent.